Hi, thanks for tuning in to Forefront 360 Podcast, where we take you all around the intersection of the arts and the Christian faith. My name is Cody Schweikert, and I'm a Forefront board member. I have the pleasure of chatting with Sasha Halleck today. Sasha is a visual artist based out of Brooklyn, New York. He works for a missional organization called Crew City on the Transform Arts team. Sasha is a husband, father of two boys, and a relentless follower of Christ. He also happens to be a dear friend of mine, and I am super thankful to have him on the program today. Sasha, how are you, man? I am so happy to be here. I am so happy to be here, too, in the, the official Forefront Festival studio, uh, Worldwide Headquarters, um, international location, uh, very high profile. We've got foam on the walls in this studio, and I feel, I feel legit. I feel like I've made it. Well, you know, I've listened to you for a long time in my headphones, uh, while waiting for trains and uh, mm. in other locations, so it's fun to to be here to see you in person and to get to be part of this fantastic yeah. podcast. Do you feel starstruck being here with me? Well, I get that a lot. Well, no, it is interesting. I, I I've really been encouraged listening through the different episodes. Cool. Yeah, I I, I told you before. I especially like the episode on coffee versus tea. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a good analysis. Shout out! Shout out to Rich Chrisman who could mm-hmm. not be here. Uh, he did. He engineered that puppy, and uh, that he sent. Really cool. He sends his regards. He submitted a couple questions. So I feel um, like I listened to another one. It was a movie. Re- it was a movie re- about a movie. Which one? Which was movie that? was it? Was it a space movie? Yeah. Space about the dude landing on the moon. Apollo, maybe. Maybe that. Yeah, that maybe. was a, that was a good one too. Yeah, the dude took. Uh, sadly, I think part of the story is oh, we right. don't we don't remember his name because we remember Buzz Aldrin and Neil Armstrong. And I'm sorry, listeners. I know you're shouting at the whatever you're listening to on right now. I don't remember this guy's name, but he took communion on the moon. I think. Right as they arrived. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Right. Anyway. Anyway. Yeah. So you listen. So you're familiar. Yeah, I'm familiar you with know, the podcast, and I'm, and I'm okay. happy to be part of it. Okay. Good. So you know how this works. So we're going to jump right in because we're we're on a, a strict time uh, constraint here. Sasha's a very important man. He has lots of meetings. Um, not really. He's spending the night at my house tonight. We're going to have a good time. But we we, <laughs> we are going to keep this. We're going to yeah. keep this trim here. But I want to jump right in, man. Um, would you give us? Uh, you you don't have to go into. Uh, too fine a detail, but would you just give us the um, the quick like how I came to faith? Yeah, uh, I was 19 years old. I didn't grow up in a religious family by any means. Uh, hadn't really um, been part of church. That wasn't wasn't part of our family rhythms. But when I was 19, I was going to a community college uh, here in upstate New York, and I met a friend. Uh, named Josh, who befriended me, and uh, he was a Christian, and so through him, um, I was exposed to the Bible for the first time. And he he wasn't like a um, he wasn't really outward like in his faith. Um, what I remember most about Josh, and we're still good friends to this day, but what I remember about first meeting him was the love that he had for me. It, it was like the first relationship that I had that was truly it felt genuine and it felt like josh really cared about me and not just for what i could do for him or the experiences that we could have together but Mm -hmm. he just had an amazing and he still does just an amazing way of loving people um and it was through that relationship that i was introduced Mm -hmm. uh, to christ it's a longer story but um Mm -hmm. it was through josh yes so that was in college right yeah 2005 at suny new paltz 
Uh, so I, that's where I got my undergraduate degree, but my first year was at Cayuga Community College, oh. um, which is a small community college in Auburn, New York. I didn't know this about you. Yeah. So I've I've known Sasha for uh, several years. I think we met in 2012. He was uh, worked for crew staff at college ministry, and I was a I was a little freshman college student who was in much need of a friend like Sasha, and uh, so. Um, I'm, I'm still learning about this dude. Good, good man. Loves the Lord a lot. Um, okay, cool. Are you content with that? Was that that was a good that was a bird's yeah, eye view? Yeah, yeah. It's it's a bird's eye view. Yeah. I didn't get the. T- I mean, p- part part of the story transpired on a backpacking trip that we took to the Middle East. So we were oh, yeah. in Turkey and Israel and Egypt and a long story, but so international travel was part of my conversion mm. story. A little jump just, through the Holy Land. Huh? Yeah, so that's that's maybe that's another podcast, but just mm. to just to wet our listeners' curiosity. Mm. That's part of my story. A little walk through the Holy Land, irresistible. Mm. Ah, mm. If I may. Mm. Okay, good. Thanks, bro. Yep. Um so uh, I, I want to get into you have a really interesting job. It's really uh I I think unique. I don't know lots of people who get the opportunity to do what you're doing. So uh, you recently transitioned from doing college ministry to this transform arts team. Uh, what what do you do, and what has that been like? Yeah, um, so it, it's been a big transition. Um, this team is a really small part of the overall organization, um, and it's a different model of ministry than campus ministry. And the best way that I've heard it described is campus ministry could be said that... Um, as the ministry professional, the staff member, I'm an outsider going to the campus to, um, for the express purposes mm-hmm. of evangelism and discipleship and mentoring and helping to lead and equip students. So I'm an outsider doing ministry on the inside. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas um, the transform ministry model would be insiders um, uh, developing a legitimate presence within the arts community in order to represent Christ mm-hmm. um, in the midst of that community from the inside. So mm-hmm. um, I'm not an outsider going to the inside, but really developing um, a presence from the inside. And working alongside these people. Like you right. share a studio. Tell us about your studio. Yeah, yeah. So that that's one of the unique components is that, um, and I'm really grateful to the crew for this, that they've... Um, They've really seen a value not in art just for a utilitarian purpose. Mm-hmm. Like, and I think historically, um, in the evangelical church, art has been seen that way. Like, it can it can serve as a vehicle or a tool for evangelism or for um, certain kind of utilitarian purposes. Um, and that was sort of the extent of it. So, if you could help sort of assist in our goal using your art then you're welcome to contribute. Mm-hmm. Whereas this model is really valuing art for, I, th- I think some of its kind of original purpose in terms of just mm-hmm. its beauty and its contribution to culture wow. in terms of its um, you know ability to communicate ideas, but really like valuing me as an artist and the mm-hmm. art that I'm making um, mm-hmm. you know, as a contribution to ministry, as, a, as, as an opening and as a, as a presence in that community. Wow. That's a totally different thing than just like leveraging art to, you know, infiltrate some kind of community. There's, there is like this community building, but then there's appreciation for art because it's beautiful and God, right, you know, and cares and, about that. 
Yeah, yeah, and, and again, this is like this is new for me to be. Mm-hmm. I'm just learning so much, and um, this this hasn't been part of my discipleship over the years. I would say, and so I'm mm-hmm. growing in my even understanding of like how uh, like the theology behind making, and mm-hmm. it still feels a little bit like, is this okay? Like, wait, I'm I'm making art, like. You know, so I still don't even totally give myself that permission yet. Mm-hmm. Like it's, I'm getting there, but it's taken some like reprogramming to like think differently. Mm-hmm. Um, wow, yeah. wow, that's that's the juicy stuff we want to get into, and we will get there, my friend. But first, I just want to ask a a simple question of uh, we we talk at forefront actually has come up a lot this theme of place, and does it matter where you create and um, we've had lots of rich discussion about that. So just tell me, from your perspective, you moved to Brooklyn three years ago, about yeah, right. So what is it like to be creative in New York City, and how does how does being in that place uh, influence your creativity? Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, I think to even back up a little bit, I think God used us moving to New York to reawaken and remind me of my identity as an artist. Mm-hmm. I think, I mean, you've known me for a while. You've known that I'm artistically inclined, right? right? Um, but for the most part, I was making work sort of in the margins of life. You know? like, like, if I could interrupt, I, yeah. I can recall you sitting in a staff meeting because I worked with Sasha briefly. I, I don't know if we overlapped, but I was, I'd be in a crew staff meeting where we're talking about ministry and you're doodling on like a napkin and you're drawing this intricate right. abstraction. Yeah. So that's literally in the margins yeah, of your life. Yeah. So like post art school, I mean, I really went all in um, with uh, full time ministry, which I don't regret. But um, you know, I, I really didn't have any models to help kind of give me a vision of how to incorporate or integrate my identity as an artist with mm-hmm. my identity as a follower of Christ, and mm-hmm. especially not how to integrate my identity as a creative with vocational ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyways, moving to New York, I really think, although we moved there for the purpose of continuing to do college ministry, it was through being in this environment where uh, we were just surrounded, and especially Brooklyn, which tends to attract more young creatives. Um, we were surrounded by neighbors and friends that were pursuing creative vocations, freelancers, designers, photographers. Um, and through that, I started to make more work. And mm-hmm. I started to feel a little bit more comfortable expressing myself being me mm-hmm. a little bit more um mm-hmm. and so i think place had a had a big role in me feeling confident enough to even start to ask the question which i did in um the spring of uh, 2018 asking that question is it possible to integrate my identity as an artist with mm-hmm. my vocational ministry mm-hmm. so i think place had a big part of that in me feeling like wow I'm around peers. I'm around this 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 energy of people um, that 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 ha- that are pursuing creative ambitions. Mm. Yeah. Mm, that's good. Good. So when I ask uh, about the visual artists or the artists in general that have had a, a big impact on you and inspirational to you, what names come to mind? Uh, well, one of my favorite painters is Rembrandt. Um, and I took a whole class on Rembrandt in art school and have just continued to, yeah, just really respect him as an artist. So he'd be like one of the, the old masters that, that I really, really enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, he was one of the most, well, maybe the most prolific biblical painter of all time. 
he like more of his mm. subject matter was was biblical, which is interesting. And as a Protestant painter, post Reformation, he mm. interests me a lot. And he has a really, yeah, fascinating story. Um, I, I read uh, or listened to Da Vinci's biography um, by mm-hmm. Isaacson this past year as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are these two old guys that I'm interested in. More contemporary, um, there's an LA uh, painter named Jonas Wood mm-hmm. uh, who does these large uh, interior exterior scenes, um, fairly representational, but. Uh, blocking out color in a way that reminds me of like large-scale abstract color field paintings mm. uh, really like him there's another um, uh, painter out of San Francisco her name's Heather Day who does really minimalist abstract paintings that I really really enjoy mm-hmm. um, a lot of California guys um, and women um, Andy Dixon uh, is LA based he does interiors as well but um, really kind of pastel colors it's it's interesting. A lot of the the painters that I feel influenced by uh, paint uh, representationally. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my painting is primarily abstract, mm-hmm. um, but in each of the ones that I really resonate with, I think their painting, their representational scenes just strike me in such an abstract way. Like the way they block out color, mm-hmm. um, I, I think resonates with what I'm trying to do as well. What do you mean by that block out color? I mean, it's probably hard to explain. No, well, I mean. So they're able to create complex compositions, um, and their use of color is just tremendous. Um, and uh, so, so that's what I mean when I say block out colors like that. They're like Jonas Wood, for instance. You know, he he has. I'm picturing this one painting. Um, it's like an interior of a home, and the way he does the wood grain. So it's mostly browns and beiges and blacks and grays. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way he creates these massive compositions, just using those colors and patterns is, is incredible. Mm-hmm. And then maybe in the upper right-hand corner, there's like a pop of color, mm-hmm. you know? And the same with Andy Dixon, the way that he creates his compositions with patterns and colors. So I, I guess what I'm attracted to is like the harmony they're able to create and then the diversity of pattern mm-hmm. and then just the overall way that like it just works in weird ways. Okay. I think they each have a weirdness to them too. Mm-hmm. And I'm very attracted to like this is sense of weird. Yeah. Well, you're a weird guy. I am weird. In the best way. Thanks. And you, you know I say that with total yeah. admiration. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm with a really weird guy right now, and it's wonderful. That's good. Color blocking. Yeah. I don't know if that's a proper art, <laughs> okay. art, art term. So I'm not going to throw Am that I around. Am I talking too much? No. Yeah, I'm interviewing you. Okay. I don't I don't really have a... This is my first podcast. This, he's, <laughs> I have been on microphones before, but not on a podcast. He's doing great. Thanks. He hasn't started freestyle rapping, which he does when he gets nervous, but, yes. you know, there's still time. Yeah. Well, good, man. So tell me, tell me quickly about uh, this. You did a, a series of small paintings. Yes. And like a hundred... Hundred small paintings. Yeah, tell me about that in the transition to the larger stuff. Yeah, so from September um, 2018 to April 2019, I exclusively made small five by seven works on paper, small paintings, graphite, colored pencil, and watercolor. And I mean, the project started somewhat out of necessity. Uh, you know, I, I didn't have a studio yet. I was mm-hmm. making the works you know, on our dining room table, in mm-hmm. coffee shops, at the library. Um, and so they were portable, the materials mm-hmm. were water-soluble, easy to clean up, easy to transport. Um, and secondarily, um, 
this was right around the time that I transitioned into this new role. And so I had more time to create. Mm -hmm. And it gave me a focus um, that was really helpful. I was able to experiment. I was able to create works quickly. um, And I was able to start honing and developing this abstract language that Mm -hmm. has origins many years prior, but um, it gave me an opportunity to just quickly develop, 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 develop. Mm. Dude, yeah, I was, uh, I've been enjoying for that period that you were creating those, and I was like, man, Sasha's so prolific right now, because I would see it on Instagram, I'm like, he's cranking these out, (laughs) and they're awesome, like, again, I'm not an expert on visual arts, and and especially abstract painting and, and drawing can be intimidating for somebody who you know hasn't been in that scene sure. but they're just so they're just so nice to look at man i mean Thanks. they're like i'm like just blown away by i'm like when you can stare at it for several minutes and like it just gets better and better um that, that was a that was a, a pleasure for me so thank oh, you for doing that too yeah thanks did they you know so you asked about transitioning to the larger works and i think i've made maybe nine or ten paintings since and um you know, to be honest, it's been difficult. It's been really difficult to try to translate the sense of rhythm that I, um, you know, had developed with the small works, mm-hmm. and then to translate that onto canvas, to translate that into oil, to, you know, and um, it's been slower. Mm-hmm. And actually, I just, I just went back and um, started working on paper again. Mm-hmm. And I still feel like there's something, and I'm almost like asking myself the question, like maybe I'm trying to do, like trying to put a round peg in a square hole, mm. you know, like because, you know, I did some works on paper last week and they just flowed. They were mm-hmm. effortless. They were fun. Mm-hmm. They, I felt like they captured what I'm trying to do mm-hmm. without trying to do it. Mm. Um, they felt limitless. They felt just like this whole world was there that could just be endless. It wasn't stressful. And I don't know if that's like, again, I don't know if that's what I should be seeking as a painter. But I started to wonder, like, maybe the works on, on canvas, uh, you know, maybe they just need to be different. And maybe I shouldn't be attempting to, like, capture that. Maybe maybe what I'm doing on paper just needs to be on paper, and maybe it's mm-hmm. special and it can and it, and it can exist there mm-hmm. because of the materials, because of you know I'm drawing a lot and and the, and the the preciseness and different things, and and then maybe the the paintings just need to kind of be their own thing, and they're going to have a different process. They're going to have remnants. They're going to have a relationship, but like still abstract or something totally. Yeah, different. no, still abstract, but just not it's going to be a different process. And I think that's been the friction for me is like I, I haven't like I haven't known how to create a bridge from the small works on paper to works that are larger, you know, utilizing oils. Um and I think I'm finally realizing like it's okay. Mhm. Like mm-hmm. that effort has proven that it's just okay to let them be different. Mm-hmm. and to celebrate those differences and not try to conform the paintings on canvas to what mm-hmm. I was able to achieve on paper. And I'm also, I was thinking this past week, like perhaps because I'm able to like kind of move quickly and kind of create some really interesting things on paper, maybe those could serve, you know, more as models for what I'll do on canvas. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. But you're still figuring it out. You're yeah, just... everything is still in flux. Everything is still in process. You know, yeah. I'm very much like trying to figure it out 
Dude, whatever well, that means. You were in the zone there for a while mm-hmm. with just cranking those things out. Yeah. And they were they were beautiful. And Thanks. You had a, a show, is that right? Yeah, I had a couple shows. Yeah. I mean, I, we put them on ourselves there. Right. Uh, you know, so we did a studio show. We did one in our apartment. Um, we did another one out in Colorado. Oh, uh, Recently, sweet. yeah, that was fun. It was another house show. Sweet. Um, yeah. Cool, man. Well, I'm so happy, so happy to see those on Instagram again. So quickly, what, what's like... What is the role of Instagram in, in your creation? Because really, it's just, it's, it's just in one sense, it's just a tool to like share it. Right. But you also use it really tactfully, and like even the comments and the hashtags, and there's almost a an art form in and of itself with with Instagram. And so, what's it what's it been like to utilize that? I mean, I'm trying my best. I'm not like a, a like a. It's not intuitive to me. Mm-hmm. I, I see some people use social media, and I'm just like, it just seems like an extension of them. Mm-hmm. I labor over posts sometimes. Really? I, I'm trying to not think as much, but I'm just not, like, intuitively good at knowing how to, like, represent myself or, like, the... Compl- I, I think so deeply about mm-hmm. so many things, and it's like, how do I... Yeah, how do I put it on this platform? Mm-hmm. Do I want to put it on this platform? I've thought very a lot about some of the negative effects of Instagram right. on the visual art world. Um you know, we're, we're, we're scrolling through thousands of beautiful things mm-hmm. and double tapping, double tap. It's just like, it's almost like when you go through a museum and you're overloaded, mm-hmm. you just can't do And Imagine doing that every single day, multiple times a day. It's too much. It's not healthy. Yeah. Like if you see everything, you've seen nothing. <sighs> yeah. And like the way that the algorithm algorithms work mm-hmm. is really weird. Yeah. You know, so like when I post pictures of my family... Or myself, the people that see that post are different than the people that see my art, mm-hmm. which really makes me mad. <laughs> but like Facebook is crazy, and they don't. Who knows how these algorithms work? Right. I mean, you can like try to Google it and figure it out, but it's totally opaque. Yeah, you know. But okay, so those yeah. are some of the negative mark. Sides. If you're listening, take notes on that. Okay, it's it's a weird world, yeah. but like the thing, yeah. the, the cool thing about it is. Um, so so it has a lot of like negative sides to it and it's sort of like cigarette smoking was before they knew it was like really dangerous yeah. that's where we're at yeah dude. we're just jumping on board this probably thing that like our kids and grandkids are going to look back someday and be like you were so overloaded how did you even parent me you were being bombarded yeah. every day by a thousand different things like that's so unhealthy dad yeah I hope I hope that I hope that we snap out of this. I, I think we I, I don't know. I don't think we can continue down this road. But anyways, some of the some of the good parts of it, maybe redemptive sides mm-hmm. of Instagram are it is like the primary platform for artists. So from the kid in high school drawing to, you know, the most established painter, like mm-hmm. Jonas Wood, who mm-hmm. I mentioned, they're on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And that is really interesting to me. And maybe one of the good things about the way that Facebook Facebook does their algorithm, I think, is they um, they understand where I live based on my GPS. And so mm-hmm. I've been able to connect with hundreds of artists who live in New York City just via Instagram. Mm-hmm. And I'll meet them, and we've already developed this relationship mm-hmm. through you know interacting on each other's work. And so mm-hmm. it can be a real source of like encouragement. It can be mm-hmm. a source of um, networking. I found out. I find. I find out about a lot of shows just yep. through Instagram. Right. Um, you know, so, uh, juried exhibitions, stuff like that. 
Um, and it's, it's allowed me a chance to put my work out there, mm-hmm. uh, which I think has been somewhat helpful. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But, like, you know, I, I, I definitely got sucked into the, oh, like, how many likes did this painting get? Right, and, sure. like, what does that mean? And, like, it's so hard to photograph art. Right. And, Dude, yeah. Anyways, it's, it's a well, weird, weird world. Yeah. Well, not to fill your head with pride, but I, I was scrolling through some comments on one of your recent paintings, and someone said, I love your work so much check out my page and give me a follow if you're interested. And I'm like, man, my boy Sasha has arrived. He's got people. He's got, he's like LeBron no. James. Like, people are asking. No, I'm, I'm kidding. But that's, uh, that, that, those are good words. Yeah. Those are good words. Yeah, but it, it is a really, it, it, the way that the platform works, it's messed up. Because it's, it totally celebrates you if you get more likes. Right. And, you know, so like that, the picture of my family that I posted recently, uh-huh. I could tell as it got more, hearts uh-huh. more people were then seeing it sure yeah it's like that's so sick that's yeah so, so it's like it, it you you only get seen if you get liked yeah <laughs> I, I read recently that they're like doing some beta test i don't know if this is for real like getting rid of the like function mm, interesting what would that do oh i would have no validation <laughs> I, I i would have i don't like that <laughs> how would i know that i'm valuable uh, Dude, anyway yeah. well <laughs> In, in light of that, would you just share quickly what, what your handle is? Are you, you're oh, just yeah. Sasha Halleck? Yeah, it's just my name, Sasha Halleck. S-A-S-H-A-H-A-L-L-O-C-K. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, one more. Can I say one more yeah, thing? Yeah, I suppose. Go ahead. I've gone, yeah. So I used to, my friend who's a photographer told me about this app you can download that helps. Because Instagram also, they don't allow you to see who unfollows you. Oh. <laughs> that's so healthy. Which I find is so interesting. It's so healthy. But third-party apps have been developed that do <laughs> so there was a season maybe six months ago where i like had that app and oh, i was no. like looking at like because this was this was <laughs> what was blowing my mind cody it was like people would follow me right yeah, right and like there i would, would be no jump in likes no bump in. no no so they would follow me i'd be like okay i was i would look at their page and be like you know what i'm just not really that interested in following you <laughs> okay Right. Okay. <laughs> a couple of days later, they would unfollow me. Right. So in my mind, I started to ask the question, did you follow my work because you liked it or because you wanted something in return? Or was it some, I've heard these other things, they're like bots that basically yep. like people aren't even controlling their Instagram. Right. It's all this contrived thing to right. just get more followers. So it's so weird. It's twisted, man. Dude, it's weird. I got rid of that app. I don't tra- I don't keep track anymore. I don't even care. Get rid of that, dude. Just <laughs> I don't care. Just create, all I right? Know. <laughs> but you can see like how it dude. just taps into like the most dark <laughs> yes. and like twisted and like insecurities and inadequacies mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. I'm dealing with like all this stuff internally. Right. Dude. I didn't expect the podcast to go there. You're not alone. I'm feeling very self-conscious right now. It's okay. No one can see you. <laughs> no one can see you right now. Um, okay, man. Uh, I, I want to get into this, some really the, the meat of this conversation. What I'm most excited to hear from you is, like the, the label Christian artist. You're a Christian. You're an artist. Right. Are you a Christian artist? What What are the connotations? That's a loaded question, but just what are you? What are your reactions when you hear that? Because, I mean, I don't see, I I've never seen a crucifix in your in your abstract work. Right. It, it says nothing explicitly about God or the gospel, and so, you know, why do you, why do you do? It? What's the defense of that? What I mean, Christian mm-hmm. artist. Let's let's go there. 
Yeah, you could call me a Christian artist. I, I guess I, I view myself more as an artist who's a Christian, mm-hmm. or you know, just you know, just like if you were a plumber and you happen to be a Christian, I, I just think that's a Christian plumber. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like you don't have to put that label in front of everything. Just like if you were anything else and you had a certain vocation or a certain thing you enjoy doing, if you were a tennis player. Mm-hmm. Uh, and happen to be a Christian. I mean, it, it's interesting, like, that those labels get put before the arts. But, yeah, so, I mean, I, I love Jesus. He changed my life, and um, he made me an artist. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of who I am. Um, in terms of my work, not explicitly, um, you know, representing biblical themes, even though I said I love Rembrandt. Right, I'm right. Not, Trying to be like the the 2019 Rembrandt, mm-hmm. although sometimes I think about like, <laughs> am I wasting my whole life? No way, man. I, no, honestly, like subject matter has been something that I've thought a lot about right. um, this year. I've done a lot of writing and a lot of like just because honestly, Cody, it feels like, is it okay? Like I, I've asked myself that question, and yeah. it probably even asking that question probably reveals how conditioned I am to think in these very like constricted terms right and i think i probably have um you know white evangelicalism to thank for that more Mm -hmm. than jesus Mm -hmm. and biblical christianity right um but like yeah is it okay to make abstract work Mm -hmm. is it okay if the subject matter you know isn't explicit um i'm a storyteller i i i I think i am i love stories Mm -hmm. um and i'm also deeply passionate about a lot of things mm-hmm. and and especially the state of our country and the state of our world i mean there's just so much suffering going on there's so many issues of justice that i'm interested in and then i go to the studio and i'm making abstract paintings that are joyful and colorful mm-hmm. and playful mm-hmm. and i really wrestle with like is that okay mm-hmm. i was presenting about my work um like six months ago and after the presentation, an artist came up to me and, um, you know, was, was talking to me. And I, and I shared that sentiment with him. Like, yeah, I just, I just wonder, like, with, every, with all the suffering going on in the world and all the things I could be speaking into, is it okay to just make these, these images? And he said something that, that kind of encouraged me. Um, he said, well, you know, we need joy, too. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I've, I've been trying to, like, accept my place a little bit more like seeing the art community as a body and especially artists of faith as a body and wondering could could my if i'm a hand or i'm a little toe Mm -hmm. is that okay is that okay just be a toe Mm -hmm. and or is that okay just to be to represent the things that i represent Mm -hmm. because that's what feels most genuine Mm -hmm. like i tried to make a painting recently like a <laughs> go ahead lay it out there, oh my god no one it, can see you no it didn't it didn't work but it was like very i was it was it was trying to be too direct it was like this broken like white picket fence on like this sort of crumbling structural object and it kind of like represented like you know all the stuff with the migrant crisis and like the american dream crumbling and it's just like right. that's like it just was too much and like it didn't work mm-hmm. and i think partial part of that is like when i try to to put that in my my work it's me like i don't know i'm, I'm trying too hard you right. know i'm trying to put something into it because i feel like i should or you know i don't right. know right well it's this question of like the, the the gospel message is very in a sense is very clear and very 
it's mechanical you know it's almost like an equation and it's it's a message and it needs to be spoken you know like we can show people the gospel in our lives and in that way but the gospel is news that needs to be shared and so there there is this question like like if i'm so obvious though in my art is it good art you know subtlety is a really valuable thing in the art world and like you don't want to be too direct or too obvious and so that's just an incredible tension um and so i just i don't have any answers but as you talk i'm like yeah and i, and I think it can't like being direct if that's if that's really and i hate to like it sounds like i'm 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 putting it in like this like super like postmodern like if it's good for you like I guess what I'm just trying to say is like that's not the work that like really feels genuine to me, mm-hmm. and I and I pr- like I, this whole year also one of the cool things has been I feel like I've my devotional life has been stronger than it than it has been in a long time, really? and a lot of that has been connected to the work of like praying before I paint and really like realizing the privilege it is to even make work, the privilege it is to be in this position, and so I'm like God, what do you want me to make like? Yeah help me this is yeah. what i feel comes naturally right and yet i struggle with it because it i feel this pressure but i'm i'm starting to realize i think that pressure um is coming from other sources right well what you said at the beginning of this conversation is that art for art's sake beauty for beauty's sake like god wrote the bible and we have an explicit message that's direct and clear and scripture but we also have mountains and oceans and like think like the the general revelation of god that is not necessarily explicit it's explicit in saying you know god made this and it's beautiful but the purpose is just that it's beautiful that is the the end of the thing in itself and so i I think i think it's justified to to make abstract art like for, for what what it's worth um I look at your painting sometimes and I'm like I'm like, "Oh, what is this? What does it mean? What's the answer here? What is this riddle I'm supposed to solve?" Mm-hmm. And I look at it and I'm like, "Oh, is that a tire or oh, this looks <laughs> like a And I I look at it and I'm like, "No, it's not a tire. It's just a it's a shape and it's a colorful shape and it's next to this colorful shape and it's beautiful and maybe that's it, you know? And and like maybe that's enough." Yeah. And I mean, I I have I think I know why I'm drawn to making the work I do in terms of the complexity, in terms of the relationships, um, in terms of the intuitive process. Um, but I'm also really aware that if I was born 100 years ago, I would not be making the paintings mm-hmm. that I'm making. Right. I'm also a product of my culture. I'm a product of our history. And so that's interesting for me to think about. Mm-hmm. You know, It's like trying to distill, like, what is the essence of what I'm trying to communicate? Mm-hmm. How would that have been communicated if I was born 100 years ago. But mm-hmm. then I'm like, I, you can't separate no. a person from their history and their culture. Mm. And um, But that is interesting to think about. None of the paintings being made today would have been made 100 years ago. Right. Not a single one. Right. Well, we're getting into the 1920s. Maybe some of them. Yeah. <laughs> some right. of them would have. But go back 150, go back 200 years ago. Nothing. Yeah. Abstraction didn't exist, really. Mm. You know, I mean, maybe it did. Um, at least in, in, I'm thinking mostly about Western art history. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, yeah. it's just fascinating. Yeah, but I mean, we want to put things in a box and say, oh, this is blank. I can identify this and label it. Like me saying, that's a tire. You know, like I right. want, my mind wants to say, 
I know what this is. Yeah. I can wrap my mind around this. I put it in my box and I can understand it. Right. This is tame. It's mine. I figured it out. Yeah. And, and obviously, God, we can't look at God that way. Right. Um, I don't know. Maybe there's something there. I don't know. I, I think there is. I hope there is. And that's what I said in the beginning. Like, I'm attracted to things that are weird. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, and maybe it's my love of sci-fi, I'm not really sure, but, like, I'm drawn to, like, I, I, I think the images that I make have a variety of feelings to them, but I do hope that they capture a little bit of this strangeness or this, like, this, like, otherness. Mm. Um, and I've heard other painters of faith faith talk about that, especially abstract painters. And I, I think that is one of the um, strengths of abstraction is it can tap into other sort of areas of our senses and our heart, mm. perhaps. Um, but, yeah, that sense of strangeness or otherness or maybe mm. just, like, yeah. Because that is a whole realm mm. of existence, right? Mm-hmm. The spiritual realm. Right. Uh, definitely. Whoa, yeah. I don't know. Dude. Yeah. Aliens. <laughs> dude. No. <laughs> but in a sense, it is alien to us. It, it's right. so good, man. Wow. Man, that's good. Thank you, Sasha. Um, okay, man. Okay. Where are we at here? Um, Sasha, I know you love to paint. We know you love to paint. But you are a man of many talents, as I know, as your, uh, as those close to you know. And rumor has it you were even once in a hip-hop group. It's true. Uh, once upon a time. What other artistic mediums do you see yourself exploring in the future? And when can we expect you to be featured on a Jackie Hill Perry track? Well, Jackie, I'm... if you're listening, and I know that you are, um, I'm willing to, to cut a deal. <laughs> I know Sasha... I'd like to I'd like to get connected with you and see what we can work out. But what, what, what do you have to say, man? What else? Honestly, do you, what do you else? Sometimes else I feel to? like if I could if I could start my life over again. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. I would be a filmmaker. A oh, filmmaker. Honestly, like I love film. If I like it, it, it is when I think about art making. I'm like that's the that's the end. Like like we've arrived. Like it's combining every medium into one. Music acting directing photography um visual i mean just language set design it's 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 just this and storytelling it's it's which which we're wired for story yeah um and then you have this collaborative element that i just find incredible like it's not just about one person Mm. um which i i think is really cool um i haven't gone in that direction but I, i would love to if that could ever be part of my life, I think it would be so cool. What are What are some good movies you've seen lately? Ah, oh, I saw um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. You did, uh, which is Tarantino's new film. Right. I thought it was really good. You liked it? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Yeah. Overall, as a film, um, yeah, I saw Spider Man, uh, yeah. which was which was good. Yeah, I gotta. I, yeah, I, I've been meaning to see that. Um, yeah. The Tarantino film. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Good man. That was yeah. That's a good point. I I had never thought about film as uh, a culmination of so many different mediums. That's a good way to put it. Yeah, it's... it's and, it, and, and it's a unique medium that could only have existed in the last, you know, yeah. 100 years, which I find interesting. I, you know, it's a question I ask myself. I, I mean, my paintings, you know, somebody told me to show, like, oh, like, as I was, show, I was showing them my paintings, they're like, oh, you, you remind me of, like, painters from 100 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> I find that... I take that as a compliment, uh-huh. but I also recognize, like again this is like the introspection in 2019 i'm not really doing anything that is technologic that was technologically unavailable mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um 
for most of history. Right. I, I find that kind of interesting, but I'm also interested on the other side of like what what forms of art making are only possible now, and how does that enhance you know right what opportunities and film i think is like is is the epitome of it i'm just (gasps) such a fan of filmmakers that's good yeah and it's hard work it's so hard Mm -hmm. wow yeah good good um i guess i guess uh as we wrap up here um final closing thoughts from sasha what advice would you give for people that want to get more serious with their visual art and um like what is the role of community in that and some people just want audience and need an audience or like in in some people some of us are just whether you're a visual artist or not are just desperate for some kind of affirmation right. you know yeah. and I, I think we've all been there it's not something that we're proud of but checking the instagram posts or checking Absolutely. whatever kind of affirmation we can get what would you say to a uh, visual artist that might be in that headspace yeah, I think audience is less important than a peer community. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's like someone, um, if you're really good at, like, say, let's say guitar, and they're like, oh, like, someone hears you, like, if I heard you play, I'd be like, oh, that was really great. I don't know anything about guitar. Mm-hmm. I can appreciate it to a certain extent, but you're not going to take that compliment. Like, you're going to be like, thanks, and you know, like, oh, it wasn't that great, or mm-hmm. like, these are all, you know. So having a peer, though, that knows that instrument, and is pursuing it like their help that either their affirmation or their critique or their feedback mm-hmm. it's gonna it's gonna go a lot further you know so mm-hmm. I, I found that general public appreciation of my art it's great I, I feel supported I feel loved but um, it's finding other visual artists who can mm-hmm. give me candid feedback um, mm-hmm. affirmation that, that I find it's like we're speaking the same language mm-hmm. um, they understand my journey but it's hard to find. I have I have not arrived on that island yet. Mm-hmm. I wish there was more um, of a mentorship mm-hmm. in visual artists. I haven't seen that as much. Mm-hmm. I mean, MF you know different graduate programs like MFA programs might have that component to an extent, but for the most part, I find that the professional art world is very individual. Mm-hmm. Um, I might be wrong about that, but mm-hmm. I wish there were more structures in place to mentor artists that have potential. Mm-hmm. Um, to speak into their lives, to even just help them. Like, I'm looking for that right now. Like, I want a painter that's farther down the road. Because we look for that in other areas of our life, sure. right? Like, spiritual mentorship. Like, if you're trying to, like, work out, you have a coach. Mm-hmm. Like, but I have not found that is a common practice um, among visual artists. And these are, you know, painters that are having shows. And maybe they haven't. I don't know about it. But it doesn't seem like it's a, uh, a common function. Mm-hmm. So anyways, my, my advice to, to visual artists, A, keep creating, just create, create, and it's hard, I, I get it, like if you're working full time, if you have a family, oh my goodness, it, you get so tired and drained, but if there's any way that you can carve out time to just consistently create, that alone will kind of show you where to go. Mm-hmm. And then if you can, find a mentor, forget about audience to an extent, find a peer group that can support you and help you. Yeah. Thanks, man. Um, I feel like I could talk to you for hours longer, but um, and I probably will, just not on the air. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. We're yeah. gonna have a great time. We're gonna go. We're gonna go. You know sh- what shenanigans lie ahead? I don't know, but yes. the night is young. Um, we're gonna conclude this, but bro, on behalf of uh, Forefront, we are sincerely thankful for you, dude. Um, we support what you do, and 
I'm really grateful that uh, you give us your time today. Thanks for having me. Amen. Until next time, uh, keep creating and keep enjoying God's beauty.